without further ado, I'm going to hand over to Pastor Tia. Thank you, Lareko. Uh, I can just tell you, is <laughs> Lareko is shouting my praises on this mission, but if you can go on a mission, if we lead a mensly mission, and you can find your way to go on that mission, make sure you go, because it's, it's truly an experience that I would not like you to miss when Lareko is leading. It was really phenomenal. We had some fun. We had some really exciting times. Saints, this morning when I uh, want to share the Word of God with you, but before I get there, I was standing in a little bit earlier when uh, uh, Bishop Manny Carlos was speaking, and uh, he mentioned that he only got two blue shirts, what, three blue, sh blue sh shirts. He says he hasn't got only one, because every picture he showed had a blue shirt in. <laughs> and he says, well, he just want to assure us that he doesn't only have one blue shirt. And uh, so when I... I was standing next to him, and I said, man, many carols look like, look, I've got the same shirt as you, basically. So it's almost the same shirt, and we were, I was so encouraged by him, that's why I'm having this picture up. But we were so encouraged, so moved and touched. My own life, my own heart was cut during this conference. Moments with God that I so treasure. And today when i looking at Scripture, um, help if I switch it on though. There we go. We're going to look at the book of John and John 6 from verse 1 to 15. While you page to in your Bible or you get it on your phone or your device, I'm thinking when I think of the scripture about the teacher who tell her students or she was putting a test to her students and she says to the students, I want to see how many of you know the Bible. And she says, I'm willing to give my iPhone to the student who gets the following question right. She says, how many men did Jesus feed in the Bible? And one guy, the, the one boy put his hand up and he says, 5,000. So she said, all right, now she's having a problem. She lost her cell phone. And she says, now, okay, now what I need to do is, you need to ask me a question. And if I do get it right, you need to give my cell phone back. So she said, so the boy think a little bit and he says, he says, teacher, name the 5,000 men. <laughs> I think when I read the scripture, and I'm going to read quickly first from John 6, verse 1 to 15. I need to get my page. Jesus feed the 5,000. Verse 1. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. When Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. 
lifting up his eyes then and seeing that the large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus says to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would be do, that he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are these they for so many? Jesus says, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. He said, sorry, it's not, sorry, I'm not sure what's happening here. Sorry, I'm not quite sure what's happening here. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Je then Jesus, Jesus then looked to the, then, Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their, when they had eaten full, he told his, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who have eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, he is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force and make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Saints, can we just bow our heads? Heavenly Father, we come to you. Words is not enough to describe your awesome goodness, how magnificent you are. Dear Lord, our language is not enough. Our words is short to describe your magnificence. Lord, we come as your children. We pray, Father, that your word will speak to us. Change us, dear God, because we aspire to your beauty. Father, thank you so much. We pray, Father, help us. Guide us through your word and help us, Father, that we will not be only hearers, but doers as well. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
Now, to get to the context of exactly what Jesus was talking about here, I want to take you a little bit on a journey, and I hope you can be patient with me on this journey. Firstly, the book of John, or the gospel according to John, is not an account or a biography of Jesus. It tells us about the life of Jesus, but when John wrote this book, he wrote it to a first reader. And that first reader, when we look at the book of John and we read it through as a letter, not in chapters, we, we discover that John is writing not just to Jews, but he's writing to Samaritans, he's writing to Romans, he's writing to the Greeks, and we can therefore establish that his audience was a multi-ethnical audience. The book is written about 90 to 100 after Christ. John was one of the disciples of Jesus who walked with him. And John had a, a very close relationship with this congregation. But things started to happen in this congregation. And John felt that it is necessary to address them. And therefore, we find that the prologue of this book, it talks about the Word that was in the beginning. The Word was with God. And the Word became flesh and came and lived among us. And He laid the foundation that some of you that now started to lose the faith and think agnosticism has infiltrated the church and says that Jesus is not the Son of God, the book of John writes, he tries to re rectify this in the church. And he used it with illustrations of Jesus to say that he is the Son of God. And he starts with this book. He starts that the Word was with God. And then he went and he speak about Jesus' baptism, Let's talk about first about John as the prophet who would have come. And John, that when the Pharisees comes to them and they say to them, are you the Messiah? Are you the prophet? John says to them, I am not the Christ, the one who should have become. He's amongst you. And then he goes further. And he's described the situation of John's disciples where John stands with his disciples, the baptism of Jesus, and then he says to two of his disciples, he says to them, there is the Lamb of God. And he tells the story, John tells the story of these two disciples that left John and now started to follow Jesus. And they're starting to follow Jesus. And they, Jesus turned around and says, what do you want from me? And they say, Master, Rabbi, that literally means that now you're my teacher. He says, we want to see where you stay. And Jesus says, follow me. And then we find that Jesus called Philippus, Philip. And this is where I want to draw your attention to, to verse 6. Where Jesus speaks to Philip, and the Bible says that Jesus has tested Philip. 
And this word tested here make me think when I, I did my driver's license. A couple, it's not a couple of years ago. It's long ago. 1988, <laughs> I did my driver's license. But guys, this is the challenge. I have not passed it the first time. And it is really, to be tested was not nice. Um, <laughs> I remember so clearly that uh, I grew up on a, on a farm and we had access to driving so much. So I started driving at a very early age. So the thing that I failed upon is the fact that I didn't stop dead at the soft street. And <laughs> so that was one of the things that I got failed on. And I thought, oh my word, I have to do better for the next one. The second time I got my license. When I read that Jesus has tested John, something resonated in my heart. Something started to stir up. Why would Jesus want to test Philip? Why was it necessary for Jesus to test Philip? Now, if we look at the story, John says that they crossed Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, and, and it is, they, they get to Beth, Beth, Bethsaida, close to Bethsaida, and here Jesus went to a mountain and he sat down with his disciples. Now that is how disciples was been made. Rabbi would have walked with his disciples and he will sit with them and he will disciple them. So we know that this is a discipleship moment for all of his disciples. And while this is happening, Jesus raised his eyes and he see a big crowd coming. Now, I don't know <laughs> what happened in that discussion. John doesn't disclose that to us. We don't know what the topic was. But surely we could pick up from that that when Jesus raised his eyes, that is, he went to Philip. And Jesus wanted to address something in Philip. Jesus tested Philip. And what was that? Now, to, to help you a little bit to understand that, who was Philip? Who was this man? Well, we've, the first account that we have about this Philip is that when Jesus called him to follow him. The second account that we have of Philip is that he brought Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter to Jesus. Who is this Philip? And then we found that Jesus asked him this question in John 6. And furthermore, we find that the same Philip was the one who asked Jesus, show me the Father. Show us the Father and that will be enough. And then we find this same Philip was the one who bring the Greeks to Jesus. Furthermore, we don't know much about this man. Funny enough, none, none of the other Gospels really speak much about Philip and Andrew for that matter. Why was it so important for John to highlight these two gentlemen? Well, clearly they played a very great influence in the church at that time. The church was situated in, in, in minor Asia. And that is where Philip went to preach the gospel and heal the sick. And so we know that Philip had played 
a very fundamental role in this church. And when John used the, the, the figures of, of Philip and Andrew who were pillars in the church, he says, let me take you on a journey that Philip had to go on and that Jesus had to take him from becoming a follower to one of who Jesus is, the king of his heart. He says, this man that you knew that was a pillar in this church had to go through a journey where he was following because of the signs. This same Philip was used in this conversation about the 5,000 being fed. And Jesus says, this, tell this, and John tells us the story of Jesus who let this 5,000 sit. And he gave thanks and he break the bread. And he gave it to his disciples and says, distribute it. And as they distribute, everyone had more than enough to eat. And then he gives this instruction. He says, now, go and gather what is left and bring it. And they gather 12 baskets. John says to the early church, this Jesus that we are on a journey, he is the Son of God and he came and he gave his life. But some of you have started to follow because of signs. The signs was too important. You, you follow God because you see signs. He's not after the signs. He's after your heart. He wants you to make your king your heart. The same Jesus. John wrote, he says, as this bread is broken, he used this term, the Passover, the feast of the Jews. And from that we can gather that his first year this was not only Jews, because if he said Passover, all would have known what he said. But he had to describe and says the feast of the Jews. Going over into Galilee. Jesus moved from a very Jewish dominant region into a dominant, in, a, in an area where it was no longer just Jews. The chance that many heathen nations might have been within this 5,000 is a great pro probability. And Jesus demonstrates this and he, he breaks the loaf and he handed it over uh, and his disciples distributed. And John says, herewith is our authority that this Jesus who breaks his life, who gave his life to you, has given it to his 12 disciples to distribute this gospel among you, of who all of you are not even Jews. He says, but there's a time that he will gather from you, everyone that has not focused on the signs only, but those who came and make him king of their heart. Family. This same Philip. And this journey with Jesus as we follow him through the pages of John. 
historians tell us that he's the same Philip who was hanged by his ankles as a martyr for Christ, who gave his life for Jesus. A man that wrestled, and God and Jesus said a test before him. He says, and this test was to test his heart so that he could make a decision. Am I going to follow in the signs? Or am I going to follow Jesus of Nazareth? The King of all kings. Friends, we all facing challenges. We all come to a decision making in our lives. A couple of years ago, my wife and I, we uh, were struck with strategy. A thing that I would have never imagined in my mind have happened in my life. We went out for Father's Day the one Sunday. So please don't go on a Sunday to, uh, uh, to the Wimpy. Come to church. <laughs> so what I'm about to tell you, we'll bear witness of that. But that's just a joke. My wife, my wife took me out for Father's Day on the Sunday morning, Father's Day, to the Wimpy for breakfast and my kids. And as we drove back home, there was a huge crowd in front of our house. And the smoke was starting to rise up from our yard. And I cannot explain to you the tragedy to see your house in flames. Everything that you had to work with. At this point in time, I spent most of my energy of accumulating stuff. <laughs> After Jesus has asked me to lay it down. And this strategy strike where our house burned down. Two months later, I drove into my yard and the gate was closed because I want to see how the construction workers go with the house. I got gunpoint and hijacked. But can I tell you the test that came to my heart when I had to decide, Jesus, I will not faint in this. I will persevere. I will stand because I am called by you. By no man has called me. You have called me. I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision. And it was a turning point in my life. Turning point where I did not follow any more signs. I followed Jesus to who he was. Friends, our nation stands and bring a test to many of our hearts. And for many of us, this might be also decision-making time. Will we follow after men or will we follow after Jesus? All of you, I don't need to point out your challenge. I don't need to point out your test in your heart. You know that. And that's a matter between you and Jesus. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to rethink the focus that you take when those tests come.
want to encourage you. Hold on to the truth. Do not get discouraged. Because the Saint Philip, in his journey of starting as just a disciple following Christ, turning into a journey where he was willing to lay down his life for Jesus. I want to encourage you today. You think I'm out of time? I must be. We see in the same chapter. The chapter starts off with people have followed him because of signs. And the same chapter ends with because of the bread that was broken and they were fed, they realized that he's the prophet and they wanted to make him king. My question to you today, following the signs, Do we want to make Jesus the king of our possessions? Because he has answered all that we ask. Yes, Jesus answered questions. Yes, he's interested. He wants miracles. He wants to bless us. But if we only primarily follow him because of signs, we're going to miss it. It's just then when miracles arrive, when we follow him as the king of our lives. And we just realize how big he is. How marvelous he's great. How awesome he is above all. I want to I pose this to you, that we, we search our hearts. The worship team is going to lead us. We search our hearts and ask ourselves, Jesus, where is my heart? I think when Jesus posed Philip with this question, that he didn't even know what was arise was there. Because his answer was this, a financial calculation of exactly how much is it going to cost to feed 5,000 men. 5,000 men with bread. How much is he going to feed? 5,000 men. It's going to take one day's wage for eight months. For each just to have a bite. And he realized that even his capability and his ability, we don't know what was his role. We don't know what his occupation was. But he came to the realization that all my equation is not sufficient. Because Jesus knew what he was about to do. And all he wanted Andrew to know, Andrew, you're insufficient. But I am sufficient. I can take five loaves and three fish and throw it to multitude. I want you to know that I'm sufficient. I want you to make me sufficient.
of your heart.